penitentiary Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it, screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his name music Go one man to have all What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. So, before I before I hop into what happens in tonight's game, I want to just take you back on a trip on memory lane to the first time the Sixers played the Raptors this season. Obviously, the the roster back then was not what it is now. Robert Covington and Dario Saric were on the team. Sixers trailed by as many as 26 in that second half. And they came back out to within six in the fourth quarter. They ultimately lost the game by 17, though. And then the trade went down. So this would be a, a real test for the team coming back with Jimmy Butler for the first time, seeing where they sort of fall with, um, with, with, with Jimmy Butler on the roster in terms of their progress this season. So, with that being said, um, with that being said, they come in Toronto to argue, arguably their biggest game of the year so far. In fact, I would go out to say that yes, this is the biggest game of the year so far by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think anybody would argue that. Uh, the first game with Jimmy playing against the number one team in the conference, Sixers winning on Sunday, making them the number two team in the conference in terms of seeding. Um, this would have been a statement win for the Sixers. It really would have, but. An elite team like the Toronto Raptors lost the game to the Denver Nuggets at home on when on Monday, I believe. And they don't usually lose at home. They're eleven and two at home this season. Sixers, I think, were a little bit sort of unsure of where they stood because they hadn't been dealt good at real real great adversity for the first time. And so what what happened in this game tonight was they came in unsure of where they stood, and they led by as many as nine in the first half, and really as many as nine in a game, and what happened at mid, the, about, the, about the midpoint of the second quarter was the turnover habit bared its ugly head. The, the, the switchability of the Toronto Raptors really hurt the Sixers. Now, Jimmy Butler was absolutely sensational, his best game as a Sixer so far. Um, and, again, I thought one of the biggest disappointments of the game, uh, the game by far was the fact that this, the performance tonight really reaffirmed our, our understanding that when Embiid is matched up against a stretch big, a guy like Al Horford, a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, a guy like um, Marcus Gasol, any of those characters, guys who can step out and shoot the three, what it does is, in terms of from a, a technical basketball standpoint, is that when Embiid is matched up against them, he has to go out and contest those looks because you don't want to give up open threes. And then what that does is that brings him out of the paint, and that opens up the entire paint and unclogs everything for guys to run to the rim. And what that does for Embiid physically is he has to cover much more ground to get from a three-point line for the contest on the big man back to the rim. And then by that point, he's gassed, 
commits a foul, can't get back in time, and there's, and there's points in the paint. You saw that happen in the Boston series last year. That, that, that really killed the Sixers. And you're seeing it with teams this year. Um, and as a result, in many games this year, where Embiid's matched up against a, a, a five who can shoot the ball, they've Embiid's been terrible. I don't know that they've lost the game every time. I think most times they've had, they have lost that game. But Embiid's been just flat-out awful in those games because he has, a, he has to expend so much energy to cover both the three-point line and get back and play the rim when, the, when they swing the ball and, 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 and a wing player or a guard attacks. And so tonight, Embiid, 10 points in 36 minutes, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, um, 2 blocks, 4 turnovers, 5 fouls. And he was real. I think, of all the games I've seen him play ever, this, this might be his worst of his career. Um, 5 of 17 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. He only got to the line twice tonight, which is... I'm not sure if that's a disgrace on his part or it's a disgrace on the referee's part because there's just no way that this 7'2", 265-pound big man is only getting fouled once for two shots. Um, so let's go down the starting lineup. Starters as per usual, Wilson Chandler, 26 minutes, Embiid, 36 minutes, Ben Simmons, 34 minutes, J.J. Redick, 35 minutes, J.J. Redick, uh, no, sorry, uh, Jimmy Butler, 38 minutes. Wilson Chandler in his 26 minutes, three points on one of six shooting, six rebounds, two assists. Um, I understand that he's an older wing in a league where younger athletic, ring, athletic wings uh, rule the day. And I understand that he's constantly hurt throughout his career. I understand that he's just, just he's not talented like that or athletic like that. In 26 minutes, as a starting power forward on a 17 and 9 team, you have to do better than three points in 26 minutes on one of six shots. If you don't do better than that, we will find a way to replace you because you cannot start on this team and put up three points in 26 minutes. You just can't do it. Top of that, the only shot he made came in the first quarter. I think, I think, that, I think his only made shot was a three in the corner, maybe game seven to four. So after that, he did nothing else the rest of the game. Ben Simmons tonight, I guess, furthermore confirmed the theme that he's just going to struggle against guys like Kawhi Leonard, like Jason Tatum, like the Greek Freak, who are long and athletic and can tick away anything that he, that, that he, that he, that he wants. Um, until he gets that jump shot, that's, that's how it's going to be. Because they know that if they get him to that offhand, they can... They, that, that they can Forced it out of his hand, or they can or they can pick his pocket. Tonight he had seven turnovers. First game against Toronto, he had eleven turnovers. It was a big part as to why they lost that game the first time around. He said he needed to be better. He didn't need to be better, and he was a little better, not nearly enough. Eight points, ten rebounds, eleven assists, one steal, seven turnovers, four fouls. Um, I think these turnovers are in a weird way, correlated with his lack of a jump shot. Because when they, when they, when they can sort of crowd his comfort zone with, with that little elbow-extended area across the free-throw line, when they can take that away and they, and they make him have to pass from the perimeter where, he, where he's less effective, what they do is effectively they, make, they sort of draw him in 
closer to the basket, and then they crowd him, and they make his life very difficult. He has to pivot, reverse pivot, to find somebody. He often has to jump midair and to try to make a, try to force a pass that way, which is the cardinal rule of passing. Don't for, don't don't jump before you pass the ball. Um, and when that when that happens, he, it just puts him in a tough spot. If he gets that jump shot, they can't guard him from the foul line extended. He had, he can then create space and attack. And I think that that jump shot will open up so much for him. I think you'll see reduced turnovers. I really do. I also think that with age, you'll see reduced turnovers. And I think that with better personnel around him, you'll see reduced turnovers. J.J. Redick tonight, 25 points on 9 of 16 shooting, 5 of 12 from the field, um, from three, four rebounds, one assist, three turnovers. I thought that one thing that continues to look abundantly clear with Redick is that teams having their game plan night in and night out, they're going to go and they're going to create a mismatch for Redick. What they do is they're going to keep switching over screens until they get the ball in Redick's hands and they force him into a tough shot because most of the shots that he gets are fadeaway shots over a, over, over a, a dribble handoff screen. Most of them are, are, uh, are curl, curl rounds for a one-dribble pull-up three. He rarely this season is getting a, a just a, a, a spot-up catch-and-shoot three. And so they're making his life... Athletic wings who, with switchability. Seems like, seems like the Celtics can do it. The Raptors can do it now. The Bucks can do it. Those teams make his life really hard on the court. Defensively, they're going to target him, and they're going to keep setting screens until eventually their best offensive player is on... is, is matched up against J.D. Redick, and they can go to work, whether it be a high post like Kawhi or, or, or Giannis or LeBron, whether it be a guy like Steph who can take him off the dribble. Um, they're going to they're gonna keep targeting Redick until the Sixers counteract that with either a no-switch philosophy, a hard-hedge philosophy, a soft-hedge philosophy, or um, just better personnel out there who can, who can, who can be agile enough to, help, to slip in the help and then get back to their man. Jimmy Butler tonight, 38 points on 15 of 27 shooting, 4 of 7 from the three-point line, 10 rebounds. It felt like he wanted this game badly tonight, and he and he really played outstanding. Um, I think that, quite simply, Embiid and Simmons just did not hold up the bargain tonight. Simmons is averaging, I think, 13, 8, and 9 on the season. Embiid's averaging 28 and 13. They, 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 the other two just did not show up tonight. And sometimes that happens when you have a young big three, but you can't have that against this team. If there's no, if you can't get up for the Toronto Raptors in their place when they spanked you the last time you played them, there's probably nothing you're going to get up for until it's dire or until it's playoff time. And if you want to secure that home field, that home court advantage through the first two rounds, you need to play most games that they're dire. And get out and, and get yourself 56, 57, 58 wins. Um, it felt like Jimmy was the only guy who came out to play tonight, really. Let's go to the bench now. Mascala, 23 minutes. Shamit, 17 minutes. TJ, 23 minutes. Korkmaz, 7 minutes. Mir Johnson was another DNP coach's decision, and rightfully so, because at 6'9, unathletic and old, with no skill, really. There is no place for Amir Johnson on the court with the likes of Pascal Siakam, um, Terji Baca, and Jonas Valanciunas. There just there just isn't any place for him. 
because that, that's, that's a matchup nightmare for the Sixers. What are their beds do in terms of scoring, you ask? Miscala, six points on one of four from three, three made three throws, eight rebound, one assist, one block. That's of some value. You would like to see more. I think against this matchup, it's not easy for him because you have guys like Ibaka, guys like Siakam, who can beat you off the dribble, who can get down in, in a good stance and they make, make your life very hard to get off a, a, to, not to get off a shot because they can contest so well. I think if you get a better backup big in there who can stretch the floor a little bit and push Miscala down to the four permanently, they can create better matchups and opportunities for him to score. Shamit, I think, has hit a bit of a wall as a rookie. Uh, six points on two of six field goals. No made threes tonight. That's all he did. Um, you hope he bounce that, bounces out of it soon because rookies can get in their own heads sometimes. TJ McConnell, six points on three of four. Shooting two rebounds, two assists. Five steals, five turnovers. So out of a backup point guard, five turnovers is awful. Um, you just can't have that because you're entrusting that guy with, 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 with your offense. It's essentially like handing the keys over to a, to a uh, what are those people called um, at, at hotels? Um, people who park the car for you. Um, it's essentially doing that and then having the guy go back up your car. Um and six, five turnovers, and, you know, I love what Taylor brings to this team. I think he's really worthy of it. I think he's capable. I think he can do it long term. But five turnovers is just unacceptable from him. It really is. Um, I, I did like his five steals tonight. Obviously, that's tremendous in, in, for anyone. Um, but I, I wanted to see him really provide that energy off the bench the Sixers needed tonight. Really create the, some some full court turnovers. Pick up somebody from from full court and dog them. Take a charge. Really get his teammates going. And because they just didn't seem to have those kind of energy plays tonight. When the Raptors cut the lead down to three, when they went on a run, and it just felt like it was all Jimmy doing it himself. And a guy like 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 T.J. McConnell, um, valet's part valet parking, what it's called. Thank you, valet parking. Um, when you when you can when you can. Get a guy like TJ to make those hustle energy plays off your bench. It ignites everybody. And then you are more alert. You play better defense. You, you're, you're more efficient and concentrated on offense. You're not as sloppy. And I thought that he just didn't have the opportunity, nor did he create the opportunity for himself to make those plays tonight. For Con Korkmaz, seven minutes, zero. The zero across the board, did, he did absolutely zero. Um... I uh, obviously his usage was just purely to give the likes of Chandler, Butler, Redick, um, any of those guys just some, some some minutes to breathe before he gets back in the game. Uh, that was really what that was really the point of having him in the game because he just didn't belong on the same on the same court as the Toronto Raptors. Um, so let's take let's let's get let's dive deep into this. What went down tonight that ultimately led to the Sixers' demise? In this game, um, the personal fouls, Toronto committed 10 less fouls. That's obviously going to be a big difference. Um, put it in perspective, Sixers shot 14 free throws to, to the Raptors, 22. 
Raptors made 19, Sixers made 11. Eight-point difference right there. Um, but you don't want to put it in the ref's hands to call the game, so we'll say that that's sort of a cause, but we're going to sort of make it invisible for now. Turnovers, 21 turnovers for the Sixers, 11 for the Raptors. That has to go down. That has to go down. First time you played them, I think you had 26 turnovers, 25 turnovers, 20 turnovers, I forget. Um, but 21 turnovers against the best team in the conference on their home court, you deserve to lose the game. You deserve to lose. You're just not, you're just not cut out for it. You're not executing. And you're giving them bonus possessions. Um, blocks, 5-3. to three. No, sir, that's not going to be the difference. Steals, 12-7. to seven. That just goes right into the turnover category. Um, 26 assists for the Sixers. 25, nope. Rebounds, Sixers 49. Raptors 53. Not quite. The defensive rebounds, 36-38. Nope. Offensive rebounds, 17-11. Sixers allowed the Raptors to get... Um, allowed the Raptors to get 17 extra shots solely off of offensive glass. A lot of that was tipped up and putbacks and uh, and whatnot around the rim. And you have to keep this team off the offensive glass. You have to keep Pascal Siakam off the offensive glass. You have to keep Sergi Baca off the offensive glass. Jonas Valanciunas off the offensive glass. And yes, they're athletic, but how you do that is you get back to the basics, the fundamentals of the game. You box out, you sit on knees, you force over the back calls. And as a defensive as a defensive unit, or on a defensive possession, I should say, what you're doing on a defensive possession is you are when the shot goes up, you turn your back to the offense. What it does is it gives you an inside advantage towards the towards the basket. They have to, in theory, they have to climb over your back to get to the ball. And therefore, Offensive rebounds should be few and far between. Tonight, Raptors had 17, the Sixers had 11. Those extra possessions, those six extra possessions for the for the Raptors in an 11-point game, that has a big effect. That could also play into the fouls and the shooting fouls. Um, maybe you get an offensive rebound, you get a shooting foul next, or, or whatever. Three-pointers, Raptors shot in a 29, Sixers 11 to 35. Raptors shot 43% from the field, Sixers 45% from the field. So I actually thought the Sixers played fairly good defense tonight. Um, obviously that shows in the field goal column. I thought the Raptors left a lot of shots on the board. They missed a, they missed a ton of looks. Um, most notably, I thought Ibaka missed a couple of bunnies. Siaka missed a couple of bunnies. Lowry was awful. Uh, Green was awful. Um... Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, their big contributors were, were really bad. Um, two, of their, two of their starters only uh, had seven and five points. Siakam, I give him a, I give him a, a, um, a mulligan because he's young and he's very much improved. He's going to have off games like this. But a guy like Kyle Lowry, a guy like Danny Green, who are proven vets in this league, two of eight and two of nine, not good enough to be a team that you're going to have to probably play in the playoffs at some point. 
I thought defensively, the Sixers did a fine job. Obviously, they limited the Raptors' three-point shooting to 27%, um, and they shot 31% themselves. The Sixers <clears throat> Sixers did make uh, their, their, their 10 three-point goal for the, for, for the guy that I set up for every game. They did make uh, 75% or more of their free throws. But the, the 21 turnovers is... It's just it's just the bane of this team's existence. In every big game that they play, turnovers kill them. And you know you reminisce back to the second round series against the Celtics, where what it was two turnovers in the last two possessions of the game. Um, but now Horford stole the inbound pass and laid it up and in with three seconds left. Or no, they got it to, to Jalen Brown and laid it up and in with three seconds left in regulation took a, a buzzer beater from, from Bellinelli to tie the game to go to overtime. Then they stole, I think they stole a pass, and then they sailed off Covington at a timeout play, and they laid it up and in for the win. Um, turnovers hurt the Sixers so many games. And there's so many games that you look at, you look at and you say, that was a winnable game. Why didn't they win? And then you look at the turnovers and like, oh, of course. And I don't get how a team with... A, a sophomore year point guard, a third year center, JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, Wilson Chandler, and then a bench that is still kind of young but does not really contribute that many turnovers. I mean, for Christ's sakes, the, uh, the 16 turnovers are from starters. I don't understand that how, with a year of experience and a year of improvement, you're still a terrible turnover team. They average 16 turnovers a game, keep it 21 tonight. That has to come down. That has to come down. And that's not necessarily Brett Brown. That's lazy passes. That's errant passes. That's offensive fouls on screens. That's jumping to a pass. That's um, tip balls out of bounds. All that stuff. That has to come to an end, and soon. Brett Brown doesn't deserve that kind of um, fate. You don't deserve that kind of fate. At the very least, just get a shot off, please. Just get a shot off. You can't get. You can't commit twenty-one turnovers against the best team in the conference. You just can't do it. And if 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 they don't get any better with that. They're just going to keep blowing leads, and he's got to play more minutes, and it's going to cost them seeding in the playoffs, and it's probably going to cost them playoff games too. Now, as the season winds on, they get a little more experience. They add better pieces to solidify this roster going forward. I think it will get better. I do. I think that they're still trying to, they're still sort of trying to get comfortable with one another in terms of blending in Butler, although it seems to be going pretty well. Um, but I think it really comes down to, if we're being quite honest, Embiid was awful tonight. Simmons was awful tonight. Anytime you have an, an, anytime the opponent has an elite wing player with athleticism, it, it, it's a, it spells a nightmare for Simmons. Anytime the other team has a stretch big who can draw Embiid out, creates hell for the Sixers. And so what I think they need to do is they need to go out and they need to find a guy who can play who can play some three, play some four, who can 
sit in a natural help stance and make it that way. Embiid doesn't have to come all the way out and 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 contest his man um, because they're because what they have right now is Embiid's not athletic enough to do it, and the guys that they have around him are not sizable or they're not athletic enough to do it themselves. Um, and Simmons can't do it because he has to guard either the small forward, power forward, or point guard. Reddick can't do it because he's too short. He's not fast enough. Butler's going to be on the best defender you have. No, Butler's going to be on the best player that the other team has. Chandler's too old, too slow. Not athletic enough. Escala too slow. Shamit too weak. Connell too small. Korkmaz too slow. They don't have anybody on this bench or really on this team who can play as a complementary role to Embiid on both sides of the ball. If they had a guy like Markeith Morris, like Trevor Ariza, who could be that stretch four, who can sit in the help stance that allows Embiid to sort of cut that distance between him and his man in the rim down, that could be a huge difference to this team. So what do we learn tonight? We learned tonight that, number one, Kawhi Leonard is just outstanding. I mean, you got to clap it up for Kawhi because he's almost robotic in how few mistakes he makes. He, every open shot he gets is, is usually money. Um, he doesn't commit turnovers, really. He doesn't commit fa- – he committed zero fouls tonight in 35 minutes. He's committed more he's, – he's, he's he has more steals in his career than he has fouls. That is outstanding. Doesn't commit fouls. Doesn't commit turnovers. He gets steals. He gets rebounds. He executes to perfection. So hats off to Kawhi. He is sensational. And not only will he is he going to make the Sixers' lives hell, he's going to make the Celtics' lives hell. He's going to make the Bucks' lives hell. In fact, I would put the Sixers a class behind the Raptors. I put I put the Raptors up front. I put the Sixers a class behind them. I put the Celtics and the Bucks a class behind them. Um, so we learned tonight that it really is obvious that Embiid needs uh, help in terms of that stretchability of the bigs because doing so could cut down his distance from the from his man to the basket and therefore preserve him more on defense. And you do that by adding a guy like Ariza who can who can sort of sit in that help position and then sort of be Embiid's backup um, should, 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 the, um, should, should the big go to shoot the ball from, from distance or should the big attack or either can slide up and contest or he can step back and, and cut off the attack. If he passes, if he passes to, to back to Ariza's guy, Ariza can recover him back to his man and beat him though, can then step out a little further and still keep control of the basket and still guard his man, too. Um, we learned that this team simply just commits terrible... This, this, this team hurts itself more than more than anything when it can, turns the ball over. Now, how do you solve that? Part of it's the right pieces behind it. Part of it is they have guys who are inexperienced, not strong enough, and they don't spread the floor enough. When you're only, when you're when when this is literally the Sixers' best shooters in order, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Redick, 
Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Joel Embiid, Furkan Korkmaz. Last year, when they really took control of those of the, of the top three seeds, they did so with the likes of Bellinelli and Ilya Silva coming off the bench. Adding that stretch, whether it be a four or a five, whether it be another shooting guard with experience, that will make a huge difference to this team. It'll make their offense flow better. It'll put everybody in a more comfortable spot. And most importantly, we learned that the Sixers, quite honestly, are just not there yet. They're on the right path. They're on the right path, but they're just not there yet. Now, can they make the proper adjustments this season? That remains to be seen. It depends what Elton Brand does in the coming weeks once the December 16th deadline ends and you can trade guys on one-year deals. We'll see once wild season comes around. The roster is currently constructed. Maybe gets to a conference finals. Probably has a pretty good competitive second-round series. Maybe gets to the conference finals. If you add a couple more pieces couple more pieces, and you focus on athleticism, shooting ability, and size, and you get a guy who could offensively play 2-3-4, guy who can guard 3-4, and you have it off your bench, you can probably challenge Toronto. I don't know that this Toronto team could beat the Sixers on their home court twice in a seven-game series if they had if this if, if the Raptors had home court advantage. I know for a fact the Toronto Raptors could not beat the Sixers in a seven-game series in which the Sixers had home court advantage. I don't think anybody in the conference could do that. That being said, um, I'm not up, I'm not really mad about this loss tonight. I thought they would lose the game. It's just more of like you're disappointed because the same trends and the same things that hurt them every time they lose a game, they hurt them tonight. And you would think that they would focus on that in those two days off that they had to get to, to, to prepare for this game. You'd think that they would cue in on better focus and better execution on offense, what to do when any, in a, in a, with a variety of scenarios on defense. And they just came out and laid one of their typical Sixer eggs with the 21 turnovers. So, the Sixers drop one in Toronto tonight, 113-102. to 102. They will be back in play on Friday versus the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Sixers 17-9, 4-8 away from Philadelphia. Pistons 13-9 on the year, 9-4 at home. It currently looks like... Uh, there is no pick out right now. I would imagine it's slightly in the Pistons' favor. Um, but I do think that this is sort of a revenge game. I think that this is a matchup that, you know, Embiid, when he has a guy like Hassan Whiteside, a guy like Andre Drummond, guys who don't have that stretchability from the five spot, he gets going, and he and he can shut them down. He can limit Andre Drummond to five points and ten rebounds. He can limit 
Whiteside to to to, to four fouls in twenty minutes and five rebounds, three uh, five points or whatever. Um, so I think the Sixers probably be the underdogs coming in. It wouldn't shock me if they lost this game, but I would expect them to win this game tonight and Friday. Again, the Sixers drop one in Toronto tonight, one thirteen to one hundred two. Um, this served as a lesson for the Sixers and for the fan base to sort of temper your expectations, temper your temper where you think they are. Because the reality is that while they are vastly improved compared to where, compared to where, they, were, where they were last year, compared to where, where they were a month ago, Jimmy Butler has improved them dramatically. There's no point. There, there, there's there, there's no doubt in that. But they're just not quite in the same realm as Toronto when it comes to playing a seven-game series against the Raptors, with four of them being in Toronto. Um, do they address those? Do, do, do they do they make that adjustment and 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 become able to win that series? That's up to Elton Brand. That's up to Brett Brown and how they play out these next couple of months. Before we sign off, obviously the usual. Um, this presentation and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution of the feed to Embiid without my written permission is illegal. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2018. Again, the Sixers drop it in Toronto tonight, 113-102. to 102. Drop a 17-9 in the season. And 4-8 away from Philadelphia. They will be back on national TV again on Friday. In Detroit versus the 13-9 Pistons, looking to rebound from a difficult loss tonight.